Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. episode there was a long delay between recording last episode and its release uh joey and i have been very busy and uh we've been kind of stuck behind the wheel so to speak but we're catching up and i'm going to start doing some of these smaller rapid fire episodes just to catch up a bit uh for everybody who knows who doesn't know uh i'm scott author of monster rail and performed by lugosi both available on amazon.com or you can check out my author site at smichaelwilson.com uh, but right now we're not here to talk about books. We're here to talk about movies. Um, next time when Joey catches up with me, we're going to be talking about the erotic erotica convention we went to to uh, interview porn stars. We have some videos up on YouTube. If you go to YouTube and check out Movie Sucktastic, just do a search for Movie Sucktastic on YouTube, and you'll find our videos. More more being put up. I just found some lost footage on my phone that I forgot we filmed, so i got to crank that stuff out too. But we're going to get that out. Uh, so Joe and I need to get together. We're going to cover that. We need to review the Avatar porn, which uh, we have in 3D and 2D. And uh, we have a lot of other stuff on, on, on the uh, agenda. We, we've been meaning to do a long episode for reviewing all of the George Romero zombie films from Night of the Living Dead all the way up to the new Survival of the Dead, which is the only one I haven't seen yet. I'm kind of holding off. I was waiting for Joey, but... Time is of the essence. And, of course, we're gearing up for our Oscar show. This year, the Oscar show might be live again, streaming video. However, we may add the alcohol to the factor. The 3D episode was quite popular, and I don't think we did enough drinking on that one, to be honest. So right now, the, the idea we're throwing around is doing a live episode of the Oscar coverage, but taking a shot every time an Oscar is awarded. Uh, there's around 20 or so Oscars, 23, I forget, it doesn't matter. So that could be fun. And that, that's it for that. Now, I want to try to do a movie review every every one of these short little episodes, of course, because it's a movie review podcast. Without Joey, it really doesn't have the same feel, because we don't have to back and forth, and it, it's, uh, Joey, you know, we, we we kind of play off each other. It, it really doesn't feel right without him here, but I gotta, I gotta dig out something, and, um... Uh, you know, because usually when Joy and I get together, we're, we're uh, at the Guida Estate, but right now I'm, I'm hunkered up in the attic of the Wilson compound, huddled for warmth. Um, but uh, I think we're going to review Daybreakers. Uh-huh. 
being a vampire, so. I'm good at this. I was never very good at being human. Immortality is the miracle. We are blessed. sustain our population till the end of the month. We're talking about the extinction of the human race. The blood substitute is not found immediately. <laughs> this will happen to all of us. This substitute would replace our need for a human supply. There will always be those who are willing to pay extra for the real thing. We need your help. We want to rebuild the human race. A blood substitute is not a cure. I was like you once. I'm not no more. Who are you? We're the folks with the crossbows. That last breath of humanity will vanish as soon as the blood does. I found a cure. I can change you back. What's the cure? They could kill you. I'm already dead. It doesn't hurt me. Can anyone hear me? I wanna feel how it feels. They found us. They're everywhere. You wanna know? Know that it doesn't <laughs> hurt me. For those of you who listen, uh, Joey and I, uh, I was a big anti-Daybreakers person when the trailers first started coming out. We were both looking at it be very bad. Then Joey started getting soft. So, oh, I don't know. I've heard good things about it. I don't know. It might be good. And I, I of course, didn't fall for it. Then uh, he saw it, and he emails me and says, Scott, it wasn't as bad as I thought. It wasn't that bad at all. <laughs> uh, I didn't believe him. And I dove right in, and I... Eventually got around to watching it because a little busy lately, but I'm trying to get a squeeze in the film somewhere, and uh, which about I finally got around to seeing Jonah Hex and that that flaming pile of shit will be on the next, a future episode. I'd like to get Joey's in on that one. So, but uh, I feel comfortable doing Daybreakers without Joey because uh, when I, I, I after I saw the film, I actually confronted him when we were going to the uh, Exotica Expo, and I, I uh, over lunch. I pretty much vented my frustrations with the film, Adam. And Joey seemed a little suspect. He just, uh, he just, he kind of, he's kind of fighting me on this one. He's saying, no, I, I think you're overreacting to this, Scott. I, I don't think it's as bad as you thought it was. So, uh, I, I gotta get you guys in on this. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay down the line of what I think Daybreakers was a huge, huge debacle. And if you, uh, agree, disagree, please weigh in. Go to the movie Sucktastic, uh, uh, website. Uh, you can email us from there or find our blog, which you can get through the, through the website, but it's, it's uh, boothreviews.blogspot.com or even find us on Facebook. we got a Movie Sucktastic page there. Find us there and, and post on that. Just let us know what you think. But Daybreaker sucked. Uh, I was 
First of all, let's, let's again, let's, let's hit the director and writer. And these are usually the big things. And it's a twin brother duo. And here's where Joey tried to get me, too. So, Scott, you like these guys. I mean, they, they did that film, Undead. And un, the film Undead, which is a which is a zombie film, a zombie uh, horror comedy back from 2003 before Shaun of the Dead really uh, brought the zombie comedy back in the mainstream again. Um, Joey and I butted heads in this strongly because I loved the film. I thought it was fun. I really enjoyed it. It was dark, and I, I, I really enjoyed the dark humor. And I, it was a bit goofy. And Joey apparently just couldn't handle the surreal aspects of the humor and of the situation. They really didn't try to play it into a reality. And uh, to this day, I, I, I made him watch it, and then he came back angry with me for having made him watch it, which um, actually happens to me a lot more than I would like to admit. I've, I've had I've had many people uh, become physically angry with me after I told them to watch it. No, you love this. It's great. Uh, Caveman's Valentine, very... Uh, I don't know. Got a very strong reaction from that one. I, I thought it was a good film, and uh, just some people some people take their time seriously, and 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 uh, and uh, some and and the, it's you know what it is it's the ones who won't turn it off if they don't like it, which I respect that. I respect that. Uh, but there are people when I say, "Oh, watch this, you'll like it," and then they put it in and they don't turn it off. They sit through it to the very end, thinking that at some point it's going to get better. And every time it doesn't get better in their eyes. It's my fault, and they begin to resent me, and they begin to hate me. And then by the time they give it back to me, or come back and give me the opinion, the, the fists are trembling, and they're just, they can't understand why I would do this to them! I, I had the same feeling when I went to see uh, Fifth Element in the movie theaters. Uh, so I understand, I, I empathize. But the, uh, and another, uh, Spirig, uh, Michael and Peter Spierig, it's like Spielberg, but with Rig at the end. It's Spierig, Spierig. Uh, they're, they're a twin duo, which is always suspect. Uh, whenever you put two, twins together doing anything, there's always the this kind of weird thing where it's, well, why are you... Even though it, it doesn't have to be a gimmick, because there are plenty of... Like, there are plenty of brother duos in the film industry, but the fact that they're twins just feels off maybe it's because they're freaks of nature I don't know I'm not trying to be judgmental but I just just when you tell me that there's a a, a writing directing duo that's all also twins I I get a little wary but I come off I came off of this liking their first film I loved undead so my bias is there apparently they're doing uh, a sequel to the dark crystal of some kind I'm not a dark crystal fan so but anyway, they do Daybreakers, and uh, the setup for Daybreakers, for those who don't know, don't know, is it's pretty much a sequel to, just imagine Blade, if at the end of the first Blade movie, Blade lost. The world is now run by vampires, and the vampires have captured all the humans, or most of them, and they are using machines to suck their blood and keep them alive, kind of like, so it's kind of like a Matrix meets Blade. They've, and they've got the same kind of column things going in as they did in uh, the Matrix, but in order to be different, instead of instead of the bodies inside pods that are hanging out like this, more on that in a minute. Um, but anyway, it's a, it's a future run by vampires, where the humans are not even used bred like cattle; they're they're bred like uh, 
well, I guess like cattle today. I mean, you know, if you can watch Food Inc. stuff like that, it's really quite hideous. And they, um, let me check my time here. I want to run too late. Oh no, we're doing good. Oh, a little run. The problem is the blood's running out, and they have to figure out what to do. And apparently if a vampire drinks its own blood, and here's what happens with vampire films these days, the vampires are the monsters, but they need to make a monster for the vampire. So it always comes down to, oh, the vampires are mutating, or the vampires are changing, or here's a new brand of vampire, or or, or it's werewolves. Uh, but in this case, it's if, if vampires drink their own blood, then they become this kind of weird uh, mutant vampire uh, they they go feral, and that's becoming a slight epidemic. And the blood shortage and the blood supply is running out. They bred all the humans out. Oh, they're sucking all the humans dry. They're they're dying from necrosis or whatever. And uh, so the the whole problem is they're trying to they're trying to solve this problem. At the same time, Ethan Hawke, he's a scientist and he's trying to solve the blood problem, but he happens to run into. These uh, this underground of humans that are trying to fight the vampires, and then he becomes mixed up with them when, especially when he finds out that they've discovered a cure of some sort, but they don't understand it, and they want him to help them cure the vampires instead of just fixing the blood problem. And uh, you can you can understand where the the whole thing goes. You know, the whole thing becomes complicated, and then of course you've got Ethan Hawke's brother. Uh, I forget who played him. Dorman? I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was uh, Michael Dorman. Uh, he, of course, is in the the vampire army, and and uh, he likes it. So, and Ethan Hawke refuses to drink real human blood. He likes synthetic stuff, which isn't doing that well. People don't like it. And there's a triangle there with that. And then, of course, Sam Neill plays the evil corporate vampire. Because if there's anything fucking more evil than a vampire, it's a corporate vampire. And which I can't argue with that. That makes sense to me. That that part I like, and it, it, it all just spirals. You can actually write it. Write you can write the screenplay in your head. You can go along with it as you like. Where it all falls apart for me is, and this is where I, I uh, agree with Harlan Ellison, uh, who a lot of people don't like. Uh, whatever. Uh, he always held a line for science fiction, and this is science fiction because there's too many science fiction elements in here to when you when you present vampires and try to get down to the medical aspects of it and technology it's science it's become science fiction it's no longer fantasy um science fiction needs to make sense at least to an extent and daybreakers does not under the simple fact that in this film a vampire economy is not sustainable and this is where it all falls apart. I'm sorry, I can't get beyond the fact the, the film shows they show. Uh, oh, and by the way, and you also you don't tell sci-fi because suddenly everybody's wearing 50 style clothing again. And this is the biggest fucking problem with science fiction films, is that every single every time they do science fiction, it's oh we're in the future, but you know what? Let's let's mix it up a bit. Now they're wearing the they're wearing the sharp clothes and they got the hats on and the girls are dressing like they're Rosie the Riveter. What the fuck? Is there any reason why we can't just like make? I mean, I, I know every time they try to do futuristic clothing, it comes off looking goofy. I mean, I, honestly, I think the only film that actually did futuristic clothing properly was uh, Fifth Element, which I hated, but Mobius designed all the costume and set designs, and they were awesome. They actually worked, for, as far as I was concerned. Anyway, so you get beyond this whole sci-fi 50s clothing thing, 
And the vampires live in the vampire city, which is now is like the ultimate vampire city, and, and everything's uh, shuts down during the day, and they're all you know it's all vampires, and they all everybody's been converted, and there's they try to show the dark side of the vampire city. One of the things they do is they show all these vampire children wandering around, who are now of course vampire adults in children's body. Uh, bodies, which is always, I think, the two best films to ever really handle that appropriately were uh, the Vampire Lestat, or uh, Interview to Vampire, sorry, or, and, um, uh, oh, I'll tell that name later. I can't believe I forgot it. Near Dark. Near Dark. I think those only two films ever really handled the adult in a, adult vampire in a child's body really well. And the problem is, they've, uh, this vampire economy, in it, the vampires run everything. You've got vampire gardeners, and you've got vampire civil servant workers, and you've got vampire this and that. Now, they all have the incredible strength of a vampire. They all have, the, you know, the, and they're all immortal. But So you have immortal, strong immortal creatures doing menial tasks and 9-to-5 jobs. doesn't make any sense. Now, all the humans, they have strung up like bizarre turkeys in these long columns where they're hanging limp-armed and legged, just having the blood sucked out of them slowly every day while they're unconscious. Kind of like coma, but instead of being horizontal, they're vertical. And right off the bat, these things, with the space between them, is such an inefficient use of space. It's not even funny. These thing, these people should be in, in fucking, uh, they should be in, like, drawers or, like, you know, like, like a morgue. I mean, you want to talk about efficient storing the bodies like a morgue, and they should, they should like, tilt every now and then to keep the bodies from getting bed sores. Maybe they could rotate them. I mean, I, th- I think uh, Coma had the best thing with them, like, hung up by the strings on the arms and stuff. I mean, go back to Coma. They, they had it there. Anything beyond that is just stupid. And all they're doing is sucking blood out. It's not like they're, they're sucking out the life energy force like they were in the Matrix. Why, why complicate things with these weird columns with people hanging off and their extremities dangling around? They, they, it's... If you got the the knowledge that they would actually build these things, they wouldn't have built the things because they're stupid. But they're, they're they're not keeping the humans alive, or they're keeping them alive, but like only in these machines. So they're not free range. They've got them penned up. Now, here's the problem: you've converted everybody into vampirism, including children. Children are bad. They're bad vampires. Um, they're a drain on the s- system. They can't do anything. They're 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 their small childlike bodies are incapable of handling any major jobs, and they're going to be they're going to be ostracized, and they're a little moody too. The whole immortal thing as a kid thing pisses them off. They don't work well in an economy. So why would you have vampire children? You wouldn't. If you're if you're building this whole world around you, you wouldn't you wouldn't do this. So what they should have been doing, and this is when you can actually fix the logic in a world in a movie you're watching, it's always a bad sign. What they should be doing is they should have free-range humans. They should be growing the humans on farms, out away from the vampire city, uh, aren't guarded by vampires, and just pretty much left to their devices. And when they hit a certain age, and they should let them, and, and they should make them procreate. And then when they have kids, you take you take the best of those kids, you take a, like you take a certain number of those kids percentage just to keep the gotta keep the stock fresh, and you put them in vampire schools. And you teach them how to be a vampire. And then when they reach the age of, like, uh... <clears throat> oh, think of, like, a, uh... 18. 18, 20, 22. Somewhere around that. When you be, reach that peak vamp- adult age, 
when they're at the peak of their abilities, then you turn them into vampires. And by then they've been educated to want to be vampires and educated to hate humans, and you've already weeded out the wacky ones that'll, that'll rebel against it, so you don't have any, like, you know, to send them on the ranks. Descent amongst, amongst the ranks, whatever. And... Meanwhile, you and then the other ones you kick over there to have more kids down in the future. You keep the blood supply fresh. You keep the humans fresh. And whenever they hit a certain population, you cut them in half and put them in the blood-sucking machines. How hard is that? So what we've got here is a vampire society that's built on such faulty logic that they're depleting their blood source by not keeping fresh stock. Uh, I mean, and, and I am one of your biggest proponents of pessimism towards government's ability to plan properly in even I don't think that a vampire that a vampire run world uh looking forward to immortality would not plan ahead for the human race dying out you just that's something you know i mean you only have one food supply you you know that that's that's what you gotta have. So wh- why would they do it where 50 years later they're, they're running out? And that's not the major problem. Now, I actually like the vampire cure that they come up with. I, I think it's interesting, and I'm not gonna reveal what it is. But, I mean, just when the film gets to its worst, Willem Dafoe uh, plays this kind of uh, converted vampire that they meet, and he has he holds the key. And he is a breath of fresh air in this film, because Willem Dafoe, no matter how shitty the film is, is Willem Dafoe. And it's just... Thank, thank you, Willem, for being here, and thank you for just, just, just reminding me that there's something worth living for besides the crap this film's going through. Um, the logic in the film. Another major problem I have with the logic in the film, and this, this is, this is a, this is a big point. Um, you've got human rebels that are trying to stop vampires, and then you have vampires who are trying to stop the human rebels. The vampires have one weakness. They don't like sunlight. The humans have one weakness. Vampires can kill them. You know, they're stronger. It's it's they, and there's more of them. So their big weakness is vampires. Vampires big weakness is sunlight. So, please tell me why. Every time in the film, humans are human uh, activists, anti-vampire humans, every time the human underground is moving around or going somewhere, they're always doing it at nighttime. while at the same time, every time the vampires do something to try to track down the humans, they're doing it in the daytime. What is the logic to that? I don't... The, the, the humans are... Tra- they're tra- they, find, they find other human survivors and they're transporting them back to the, uh, the the human sanctuary. So when do they decide to do it? Well, let's travel at night. Why? Well, it's safer, isn't it? No. The vampires can travel during the day because they have these cars with little cameras so they can watch everything on the outside or, and they're all cocooned in. That's great. That's wonderful. And they have safety uniforms that the UV lens head things so they can go out during the day and shoot. That's fine. That's wonderful. They're still vulnerable during the day. That's still your most vulnerable time. Yet every time they do some kind of military attack on the humans, every time there's some kind of counterinsurgency going on for the vampire military, they do it during the daytime. They, when, do they, when do they go to the human camp? They do it during the daytime. When now they, I admit the one time they do attack the human camp uh, that it's traveling, they do it at night, but that's only because the stupid humans are traveling at night. So every, every time something happens with this, with the, the vampires doing it, it's daytime. It makes no sense. If you had military, if you had strategic, if you had people of strategic intellect 
orchestrating these attacks, which I'm assuming they, they do, uh, the first thing they would say is, well, let's attack at night. Says, Why? Well, because sun hurts. But the sun doesn't even hurt enough to kill a vampire under a shady tree. And this is where this is this is the part where where you just you just pull the hair. Not 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 out of frustration, but to punish yourself. To punish yourself for actually sitting through this. Ethan Hawke goes with the human during the day, smart move, the the one smart move they do, to meet Willem Dafoe. Who who's just just he's I'd actually recommend seeing the film just for like the fifteen minutes Willem Dafoe's in it, and they meet under a tree, and well and Ethan Hawke gets out of the car into the middle of a bright shiny no cloud in the skies day under the tree, and he doesn't instantly start screaming and burst into flames because he's under a tree he's there's shade and. That's and I, I'm here to tell you, not as if I'm not a physics major, uh, I am not a scientist, but I can tell you firmly and with no doubt in my mind that is not how light works. In the beginning of the film, they actually have a commercial for these underground tunnels, like like an MTA for vampires, just as walkways, and and, and the whole commercial. And I forget the actual gist, but you know, you can be you can feel safe walking in the daytime in our new underground tunnels. Protect yourself from daylight. Now, the logic that they're building gigantic underground walkways for vampires to commute on foot during the day, when you'd think they just sleep and do, you know, night, anyway. But I'm sure you have people working at night during the, and, or during the day as vampires anyway. It, it's still, even in a shitty economy, people have night jobs, day jobs. Um, why would they do that when, considering the fact that Ethan Hawke can walk under a shady tree and the shade from the tree doesn't allow light which is still coming in, it's just not direct. If that doesn't hurt Ethan, then they don't need these underground stone walkways. Vampires could just use parasols, and they can walk around in the daytime all that they want. And it, it, it's and Joey, Joey, I, he, yeah. When 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 I when I explain this to you, Joey, and and you don't, you don't, you don't agree with me. It breaks my heart. It really does. I hate to see you. Just fall. No, no. A shady tree cannot protect the vampire from sunlight. I know vampires don't exist, but the physics behind light do not work that way. Uh, there's a lot of other things wrong with the film too. Uh, Sam Neill is the the corporate bad guy, and the problem with corporate bad guys is they're really just just boring. Now, it's it's uh, we've got so much fucking evil traipsing through the news these days uh, with bank officials and politicians that that you know a vampire. Uh, CEO, you watch him and say, "Yeah, I've seen it." Uh, you know, soul sucking, soul sucking demon in a suit. Uh, I, I've been watching the news. I, I Bank of America. Yeah, what do you want? I will admit that the whole anti corporate structure of this vampire world makes a dozen times more sense than George Romero's weird corporate rich structure in. Um, Land of the Dead, which made no fucking sense whatsoever. But it's... No. No. And then and then there's a whole subplot with uh, Sam Neill's daughter who refuses to be a vampire. And it's it's kind of... It's almost a redeeming value of the film if the film had taken more of that route instead of going for the whole... Thing. And, and there's... And the ending, too, is kind of... Uh, 
ramps up the melodrama a lot. And and, and really, when it came, comes to vampires, I, th- I think when it comes to eradicating a vampire society, I, I much rather watch. Uh, I much rather watch Blade. You know, I'd rather see Wesley Snipes run around with a sword and, and say, "Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill." One of the best lines ever. Instead of this kind of mopey, whiny, it's it's almost like it's it's like uh, it's like emo sci-fi vampirism. Every Ethan Hawke spends the whole movie moping around about being immortal. Again, I, I one thing I hate it's a whiny fucking vampire. Uh, just. A crappy movie. I mean, and, 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 and like I said, if, if you're going to make a sci-fi film about vampires, Life Force, not a great film. Should have kept the original title, Space Vampires, the book it was based on. Life Force made more sense. That's a sci-fi film about vampires. And that made more sense than this. And that wasn't even a great film. It had more nudity, which which really helps. It really does. Uh, I, I, won't, I won't belabor to... I won't belabor the, the point too much on this. Uh, Daybreakers sucked, and I just I, I felt now was a good time to get that out because Joey's not here, and uh, he can't argue his point. <laughs> it's all mine. It sucked. Oh, I wish you know. Not much else I can say about it. Now I chose Daybreakers just because it's been fresh in my mind, and I've been wanting to talk to Joey about it. But I want you guys to choose what we review here, what I review here. Uh, what we talk about. Uh, I mean, I've got a list of movies as long as a really long thing uh, to, to, that I want to rant about and talk about and dissect. But I really want i want to know what you guys are talking about, too. Uh, so you need to email us at themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com or you need to email me at scott at usmichaelwilson.com or you need to come see us at moviesucktastic.com or you need to come see us at Facebook at our Movie Sucktastic page, or you need to come see me at smichaelwilson.com to just come see us and talk to us. Send us, if through every site I just mentioned, you can message us in some way, shape, or form. This is the information age. This is the age, age of communication, which is why no one talks anymore. You can get a hold of us and let us know what film you want, to, want us to talk about, what film you want us to review, what film do you think we were wrong about. I'll come back and defend myself. Actually, uh... In the near future, I'd like to take a second crack at uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, I, I, I would like to say that I think I may have been a bit too harsh on the film, uh, looking back at my review. I haven't watched the film again, uh, so I might be wrong. But looking back, I, I, I think that possibly my review of the film was a bit jaded by the fact that I was forced to uh, see full frontal penis shots um, unawares and more often than I was expecting or wanted to that particular night. And that might have jaded my viewing of the film. So, I mean, always willing to get a little give or take here. Avatar still sucks big moose balls. I'm not taking any of that back. But anything else, bring bring it, I mean, let us know. And also, uh, go to Amazon.com and do a search for S. Michael Wilson, and you'll find my books. And I want you to uh, buy them, read them, review them. Monster Rally is now available on the Kindle. It is also available at Barnes & Noble, but I prefer going through Amazon. And you can also get it in a myriad of other formats, which you can find as soon as I get a site up for Monster Rally. I'm a little behind on that, I know. But you can get it on the Kindle. And if you contact me, I can tell you where to get it, or if you go to my site, smunkowilson.com, I can tell you where to get it in other forms. And really, just let us know what you want to talk about. Uh, upcoming up this weekend, if, if Joey and I can get together, we're going to do 
we're either going to do that that film that uh, we got in the mail to review, the the race one. That should be fun. Uh, I've got an interview coming up with an author of a book against uh, critics. Uh, a great book. If you, um, I don't have the contact information on me right now because I'm doing an interview with him this weekend online, and we're hoping to do a, a, a um, an email, an online interview with him very soon. His book is called uh, "There Are No Bad Movies, Only Bad Audiences." Uh, do a search for that coming up. I'll have the links on the Movie Success site really soon. Very interesting, and since it kind of goes against everything we're about, I thought it'd be a, a cool idea. And I, I, I like the guy, and I like the book, even though I don't agree with it all the way. Uh, so that's going to be coming up soon. Uh, going to be doing some more talk about Lugosi books, to cut the Lugosi movies to tie in with the Lugosi book. And um, I definitely want to get Jonah Hex in there. Uh, I'm kind of steering away from the new films recently because I don't have the time to watch new movies. I'm kind of catching up on old ones. Um, but uh, I, I might I might cover the Black Swan. I might I might get. I mean, there's a lesbian scene in it, so I really got to squeeze that in sometime soon. Other than that, I'm going to keep this short. We're looking at like maybe 45 minute episode. I uh, just wanted to let you guys know we're still out here. We'll be cranking out more stuff, and uh, also pretty soon we'll have Lunch.com hooked up to the main site. That'll be fun. And this is boring shit, just talking about what's out there that many of you probably stopped listening as we talk. So for those of you that haven't, words of wisdom. I do not have any words of wisdom right now. I am wisdomed out. Um, one interesting thing coming up, though, and I think you like this. Uh, those of you who don't really know the show that are, well, those, whether you know the show or not, Joey and I really don't talk too much about our personal lives because it's boring. And it's dull, and people don't want to hear about it. But there's a reason I'm going to bring this up. Uh, I recently have gone back to school because uh, I'm going for a uh, degree in English. Because when I left high school close to 20 years ago, I made the right choices. Because uh, I was I was a genius. I was such a genius that I did not go to college afterwards and spent 15 years working at a company that eventually kicked my ass to the curb the minute the economy got bad. So <laughs> I'm catching up now, and uh, it's really interesting because I'm self self taught writer and now I'm taking like basic writing classes and and learning some of the stuff that I didn't teach myself. And it's kind of interesting. Uh, uh, I'm improving uh, definitely, and w- w- the reason I'm bringing this up is this upcoming semester. One of my six classes I'm taking is literature on film, and that I want. I'm going to be covering my uh, experiences in the class. It's actually an online course. Uh, I, I was gonna. I didn't want to go to the in school one because I really don't need to go, travel to the school just to watch movies. I can do that from home. And in the online stuff, I write about movies too, so I prefer writing to it. And so the classroom environment's not really helping me there. I write about films, you know, a lot. So the online course is it, but I don't even have the list of films yet, and I really find it interesting that like if I had gone to college out of high school back then, I would not have been able, I believe, to take an online course in liter- uh, literature and film or any kind of film theory course that I didn't have to go to the school to see the films, or I mean, I don't know if the access would have been as good, and it's just it's really interesting in this day and age with Netflix and streaming video. Um, and, and 24-hour cable news channels dedicated to all sorts of genres of films, that it's just the access that the average person has to eclectic, uh, under-the-radar, obscure cinema is really astounding. And I, I, and I, taking a class on, on literature and film, I really think is, is uh, 
going to be very interesting in this day and age because I'll be dealing with people who wouldn't normally seek out these kind of films if they weren't taking a class on it. And uh, I'll, I'll be given the list of movies we're watching, and, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping there's a couple of things in there that'll make it interesting. I'm hoping maybe something I've covered in, in uh, performed by Lugosi. Who knows? Those were all films adapted from classical literature. Maybe that'll come up. Maybe I can maybe I can whore myself in my online literature class. That would be cool. Uh, so I just want you know I'll bring that I'll bring that to the table. I'll be I'll be updating that kind of stuff. Uh, maybe I'll even do uh, episodes uh, on those nights after I take that class, uh, probably weekends. But uh, uh, hopefully Joey will get together soon, and uh, stay tuned, because uh, the latest I'll be coming to you is next, after next weekend, after this coming weekend, to talk about the new January releases. So uh, thanks again for tuning in. I'm glad to have we just I, I, feel, I feel like this was just like a little, little uh, episode. This isn't like Joey and I broadcasting to, the, to the, the masses. This is just you and me. This is just you and me. This is just Scott, you and Scott. This, this, this wasn't... A movie Scott-tastic episode. This was this was you and Scott just you know sitting around shooting the shit, just talking about movies. You know, yeah, you see Daybreakers. I saw Daybreakers. I don't care for you know. What would what, you think? Huh? What'd you think? This was just you and I. This is forget it. other people. Other people listening. Don't don't worry about them. Just just they're not even there. Just just uh, it's just you and I talking. Let's just let's just uh, let's just talk about films. Yeah, what do you think? Thanks for thanks for coming by. You know. Uh, it's good having you come around. It was, it was uh, kind of fun. I think we enjoyed it. I think we had a good time. I think we should do this again sometime soon. What do you think? You and I? Same time next week? Maybe you and I will, will sit around and talk about more films? Yeah? Maybe maybe you uh, tell me what you want to watch. Yeah? yeah? What do you think? Maybe uh, maybe watch uh, the Avatar porn. What do you think? Yeah? 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 You like that? Yeah? All right. You guys have a good weekend. And uh, just remember, things will get better, even though the films don't.